One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Changes. It's me, Annie, here. Hope you're doing good. Hope you've had a good week. Seasons are still at changing. I'm looking out the window now, and the trees that are in the frame of my window are bright, brilliant yellow. Man, I just love the colours of autumn. They just never fail to uh, bring joy. So I hope you're enjoying the seasons changing and not too freaked out about it. This week, we are really doubling down on the change concept of this podcast. I happen to have just gone through a really big life change myself, leaving Radio 1 and stepping into the next phase of my life, whatever that may be. It's a pretty strange experience and I deliberately wanted to kind of lean into the discomfort of it and just kind of feel everything with it. And I've been really wanting to talk about how I felt and share that and also try and um, make sense of it in a way. And fittingly enough, one of my best mates, Nick Grimshaw, has just gone through exactly the same thing. He left Radio 1 about two weeks after me, back in the summer, again, without a fixed plan for what comes after. So me and Grimmy have been friends ever since he joined Radio 1 about 15, 14, 15 years ago. We did shows together on there and have had our own radio shows sitting next to each other on the radio for the last few years, three years. So every day we do a handover and I'm just used to talking to him every day, seeing him every day, all through the prism of BBC Radio One. And what you're going to hear is two friends kind of peering around the corner into the next chapter of their lives, taking stock of what just happened and sharing in the experience of it all. So what was lovely is that I was able to go over to Grimmy's house and we set the world to rights, sat around his kitchen table and we were not alone. We were joined by Grimmy's dogs, um, adorable, occasionally vocal dogs, Stinky Blob and Pig who have grown quite used to having undivided attention. So Grimmy, Stinky and Pig, all three of you, please enter the podcast. The dogs, like I've noticed it in, since we've been in lockdown, having to use Zoom every day, they think I'm talking to them at all times. So every time I have a conversation now, they come over as if like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, I'm not actually talking to you. So they're both Aww. sat next to us. Both wagging their tails like they're about to be on changes. (laughs) (laughs) And they are to a degree. They are. They've been harassing (laughs) Stinky and Pig. They've been harassing you since you got here. I love Stinky and Pig. I know, they're good. Good duo. What's significant? Two things that I thought of. First of all, when I came to your house, I had um, I was hungry and you gave me Weetabix and (laughs) chili crisps, which, which is funny and whatever. But normally... That would become an anecdote on the radio. Like when you're on the radio every day, everything becomes... That's Pig having a drink, by that's the way. Stinky having some stinky water. Having so everything becomes a link. And now that doesn't happen anymore. So one. Two, it's quarter to six. You're on air I'd normally. Be on air. And I'm going on air. We'd be doing our handover now. Oh my God. We would be. We would. Oh no, How it's Newsbeat. It would be I'll Newsbeat. I'd be Newsbeat then. now. Yeah, yeah we'd be... Um actively listening to that um but yeah no it's weird now every time something happens I do I always used to be oh that's good for the radio and I had a few weeks of that when I left where like I'd fall over or something stupid had happened or I didn't have any food in when you came around and all I had was Weetabix you'd use it so I've been sort of trying to get that out of my head. Like, you know, I keep seeing things or watching something on the telly or screenshotting stuff on Instagram. Yeah. And then I don't have anyone to send it to. Yeah. Just it's you. It's mad, isn't yeah. it? It's mad. I mean, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Like this conversation is about change and both you and I are in this kind of state of flux right now, post Radio 1. None of us, either of us have gone into like some big new career move, a new radio show or anything like that. We're just being. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about all the aspects of what we've been through. Let, let's start with kind of like how it felt when you left. 
it felt mad, you know. Give context. How long were you at Radio okay, One? So and how I, many how many years have you been doing daily shows? So I'd been at Radio One for fourteen years when I left. And I'd been doing daily shows. So I'd, I'd done drive time. Before that I did breakfast. Before that I did my nighttime show. So then altogether was twelve years. Twelve years of daily shows. Twelve years of daily shows. So for twelve years going on the radio and finding stuff to talk about has been the main focus of my day and my weeks and my months and my years and over a decade <laughs> of like, things, we need things, what's also, happened? Also, <laughs> I, I think it's important to say that you and I broadcast in a similar way and that we're very much ourselves. Mm. So it's, it's, it's not just 12 years of finding things to talk about, it's 12 years of giving yourself yeah. into the public sphere. Like yeah. very much like putting yourself out there. And I never thought about that till it ended, you know? Like I never thought going to work like, oh, I'm really giving my energy away. I never thought that until I stopped doing it. And then I was like, that was quite mad. Every day telling loads of people, hey, guess what I think about this? Or guess what I did? Like, it is quite weird to not, it's quite weird to do it. And then it's quite weird to not do it as well, to adjust. But yeah, it's only been two months. Um, the immediate feeling when I left was that it was the right thing. And I felt really... Well, the decision to leave as well was like the first time where I've not asked loads of people for advice because yeah. normally I like to get everyone and twenty seven opinions. Yeah, like yeah. everyone's opinion. But what's your mum think? Like, get it from everyone. And this was something that I didn't get really anyone's opinions from. Like, less than five people. One was Mish. One was my agent who I work with. One was you. One was my sister. And I think that was it. Mm. And then I never can decide on anything. Like lunch, yeah. curtains. Yeah. Why are we going tonight? But I felt like really quite certain ab ab about it. Um, until like the penultimate show. Like the day before my last show. I was like, wait. What, what the doing? fuck have I done? <laughs> yeah, but then... Um, what, about, what about when we did the show before my penultimate show <laughs> and we finished it and, and, and it was the most emotional, lovely, like nostalgic show and we finished it and I put the fader down and I went, what have I done? <laughs> I was like, don't say that, I'm leaving. And he said, don't say that, I'm going to. I'm going, why would you say what that? What have we done? And it is fun and it has been fun, but you know, like your analogy that you used when you left of like, you can't be at the party forever. No, you can't and be that guy. And there's other parties. You can't be that and guy that's sat be, in the corner you know I mean? and everyone's rolling their eyes over. Like, are they still here? And I think like, you you know, it was one of those things. I don't know if you felt the same. Like, I didn't think I'd be there for that long anyway. So I didn't ever want to feel like I was overstaying my welcome. So, so, so you did the 14 years, you left. Now with two months of kind of hindsight, like just exploring the time that you had there, your entire adult life has been on Radio 1 pretty much from the age of 23 to now. You have changed so much as a person within the time that you've been there. What are the biggest changes that you've been through whilst on Radio 1? Wow. But, but as a person. Oh my God, so many. First of all, I used to look like I lived in a bin. Like when I look back, <laughs> when I look back, when I was going through the old pictures, I was like, who, who let me? go on the television like the television looking like that like every day hungover wearing what i'd wore the night before like a hot mess for years so i now shower daily <laughs> <laughs> i don't have an omnipresent hangover i don't have the fear every day from having a hangover but yeah when i was looking back at it i was like i was a mess then when i started but also i guess that's what you're meant to be like when you're 22 23 you know like i guess you're meant to be going out with your friends and staying up all night and i guess that's why you know maybe radio one wanted me to be there because that's what people who are listening to radio one are doing so there was the change in in the amount that i go out and the amount that i'd go to parties and definitely reassessed how i feel about going to parties and how i felt about like drinking and stuff and i think i've changed in the i feel calmer feel less frantic i feel um less eager to please like, I feel like I have this wanton need to go out and please everybody, be it at work or parties or just in life. And 
be like busy as well, which I don't really have that um that that sort of need to fulfill everybody and make everybody feel happy. Like I'm happy saying I don't really want to go out tonight because I don't mm. or I would love to do that, but I don't really like doing that. Yeah. So why don't we do something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which I think when I was younger I just do things that... Yeah, you weren't able to say no Yeah, to, you weren't to able to say no. Yeah. In, a, in a very well-intentioned, well-meaning yeah, way. Yeah, and then I'd end up like double booking down. people, yeah. triple booking people, and then I'd be like, oh yeah, I can come to your birthday, but you mind coming to like this yeah. and I'm, T4 yeah, I record come, first? Yeah, can come to your house, but I'm bringing six people. Yeah, so, like disaster. Yeah. So I just felt like that was so chaotic. Yeah. So I feel like that chaotic side has been reduced somewhat. So I'd say they're the main changes in me i'd say having again like the benefit of hindsight now you're out of radio one and you look back at the most intense times on there like i'm interested in you on the breakfast show and how intense that was um in terms of like just the exposure being that exposed doing that doing x factor being doing the double of being on the radio one breakfast show and a judge on x factor how do you look back at those times i kind of feel like, I kind of can't really remember it. I was doing X Factor and I was doing two other TV things and The Breakfast Show. And at the time, I thought it was just, like, fine and got on with it. <clears throat> and in hindsight, I can't really remember it because I think I just went to work for days and days on end. Um, but it was fun. Like, my feeling is it, it, it was fun looking back. Like, I think that I think I got, like, a lot of shit on when I took over breakfast just because of the yeah, change so you being so dramatic. Chris Moyles, who yeah. was like one of the most popular yeah. breakfast DJs of all time, rep, like symbolised this kind of lads culture. Mm. You came in as, I mean, you were a bit of a lad as well yourself, but you were like very Not different to Chris. Laddie. Yeah, But like, could get on with lads. Were you out then? Yeah, uh, yeah, I think I was out, right. yeah. But it wasn't, I'm gay, guys. No, it, it was wasn't. Like, no, I don't think it was. <laughs> I think I was out and it was common knowledge. I think that I think so when I started. It definitely was at the start of breakfast in that I remember doing an interview and talking about like fancying certain people or something. So I remember it being like if it wasn't just before I started breakfast, it definitely was when I was doing breakfast. And taking the job didn't actually feel daunting. Like I didn't even think about it because I I always wanted to do the breakfast show. And since a kid, I was very specific about wanting to do the breakfast show rather than just radio as a broad dream. I was like, I want to do the radio on breakfast show. And so taking the job wasn't the issue. And then once I took it and then... Once I started it, I'd not really experienced how much in the public eye you are and how much everyone's got an opinion for you, be it on Twitter or Instagram or in the papers. And I realized that didn't stop. So it was like constant. So anything I said, like, oh, I don't really like that Rihanna song. The next day it'd be like, Nick Grimshaw doesn't like Rihanna. So then you're conscious of actually being yourself and what and what to say and I wasn't saying anything to be like oh I'll say this and get in the sun but it turned out everything you did say or tweeted about or if I swore on Twitter it'd be a big thing in the Daily Mail being like "Uh, is this sick should kids be listening to this and like I realized oh it is so different than being on because I was on Radio 1 already but I was like oh it's much different than being on Radio 1 at the night time so that definitely was a was a change in which I was like, oh. And did I, you feel pressure? I did feel pressure once the show got going, weirdly. I didn't really think about it be- before until I started the show. Because you, you, you wanted the numbers to be good. Yeah, I wanted the numbers to be good and I knew they weren't going to be as high as they were because... No, there was always going to be a Yeah, there was always going to be a drop-off. Because and people like, don't like change, kids. Yeah, so I knew there'd be that and then... I knew the gear change in what the show was as well would would mean that the list, listening numbers would change. You know, it, we were playing a lot more music. They wanted it to be less conversational, right. less like zoo format. So you had to come in and kind of take on the burden of a new agenda. Yeah. And that agenda as well was to make the audience younger. Yeah, so immediately you're coming in and there's resentment from the audience that are older. Chris Moore's yes. loving because because they feel sidelined. Maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And people still text in 
two, well, when I worked there, it was like two months ago, see people still text into the radio or tweet me now being like, I know I shouldn't be listening, but I'm 32. And I'm like, no, 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 it wasn't like yeah. no one. <laughs> don't apologize. Don't apologize. That wasn't like the thing. So I hope people don't think that was my agenda. Like yeah. kill the old. Yeah. Um, Cause it wasn't. But yeah, so there was, when I remember when the figures like first went down, like the first time it was reported, it was like a big thing in the paper and everyone had like a think piece on it and an opinion on it so then the pressure you're you do notice then because you immediately feel like oh shit fucked it up like i'm a failure and, and yeah that's the problem but that that's the problem is you saying i'm a failure and i remember we having a conversation at the time and you being like literally you get in a cab everyone's got an opinion of mm-hmm. of the low numbers like oh mate so looks like you're having trouble there you're not doing very well compared to chris so it's like you are the face and voice of radio one's failure yeah but it's all on you yeah it's it's take, they, they, <laughs> really relaxing. They take it personally, like as in they take it that it should be you that takes that on, even though it's an agenda and someone else's agenda, and they've appointed you there, and you're like twenty seven, yeah, twenty seven. It's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of pressure. It was a lot, and I didn't really th- like think about that before I started the job, and then Radio One, to be fair, weren't. We're like, oh god, this is a disaster. They were like, well, we knew this would happen, and this is the agenda. Like, right. we have to make it younger. Stick by it. We yeah. have to stick by it. It yeah. has to feel younger. You know, it's changed, and you know, it's changed. Like that was ten years ago, nearly now. But you know, that's changed so much again. You know, like it's constantly evolving radio and how it feels. And so I knew that there would be a dip, but then. I didn't realise, as you said, how every single person, everywhere you went, had an opinion on and it. And like, when you left, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to get at here. I'm just interested in the idea of being under so much pressure. You are downplaying it because you're like that. You're never gonna. You're never gonna sit there and be like, it was awful because that's not who you but are. But I don't know if it was awful because I think it's kind of the deal. Like you, you've asked to be in the public eye. You've asked to put yourself out there and have a conversation. So it's not unjust for someone to have an opinion on a show changing and they're not liking it. That's not unjust. I think that's totally fair. But it's not easy when that show is publicly perceived to be going downhill and you have to be the one who like it's not the radio one bosses that are being interviewed and have their paper picture in the paper. It's you. Yeah. So as you say you did you know you knew what you were doing. But I feel like I didn't like I didn't you kind of ask for it, I think, yeah. when you step into that gauntlet. You know, I could have stayed doing the 10 p.m. till midnight show, but I felt like I wanted to do the breakfast show and I wanted mad, to do that you thing. You always that, wanted to do it. It was yeah. like it was destined. Yeah. So I don't resent anyone like having a go or having an opinion yeah. on it because I think I'd do the same, you know? Yeah. And talking about coming out of the breakfast show, because mm. one thing I'm interested in is Mishi. So the last day of your breakfast show, mm-hmm. I was in Stansted Airport. You called me the day after your last day and you were like I met someone yeah and and you met Meshach on the very last day of your five year tenure mm-hmm. on the breakfast show and part of me feels like that's really symbolic right it's weird isn't it yeah so I did that show for yeah near I think I finished in the I finished in the August so it was nearly six years it would September was would be six years doing that show. And it is like, it's not like you're down a hole digging a mine or anything, but it is hard, you know, like you, you're getting up early every day and you've got to like think of things every day, but it's not like hard, like um, building train it's tracks. It's a different type of hard. It's a different type of hard, yeah. So you end up not doing things in your spare time because you don't have time because you're tired. And you're doing the radio in the morning and then filming in the day. And then at night time, I was like, probably just go to bed or I'd be working or DJing or hosting something. So on the weekends, when you're off off, I would be like, I don't want to see anybody apart from my friends. Like, I don't want to go on like a date. Because it's like, do you really, after five days of talking, want to go and talk to someone? Also, I hated dating because I felt like I was interviewing people. So I, I felt like I was, a, I felt like I was doing like a film junket. I'd be like, "So when's your film? Oh no, you're just a person. You're a person." So I didn't like, I didn't really like dates. So I'd end up like not going on them or whatever. Yeah. And I remember moaning about it to my friend or our friend Amy, and I was like, "Oh God, I'm just gonna be." on my own forever while everyone else over the past six years have got like married or like had a baby and she's like I really think that 
you need to concentrate on this job and when it's done you're going to free some space up for yourself but like you wanted to do it you've always wanted to do it you owe yourself to focus on it so that's your focus and I was like correct and then literally the day after I met Mish yeah so she's a witch she predicted it and and Mish is still around Mish is still around three and a half years nearly yeah what is it like making the change from the breakfast show to the drive time show? It was a nice change because all eyes are on you on that breakfast show and every, as I said, every opinion you have or say becomes a thing. So it was nice to be able to carry on doing a daily show but not to feel like I was under that same microscope or that same level of of pressure um, and it still meant I got to like work at the radio and do kind of the same thing, but it felt without as much pressure. And, you know, there's only, I guess, so many years that you can, you know, retain that level of excitement of getting up before five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I wanted to ask you about now that you're out, like I've been kind of trying to think, not, not, not trying to think too much about how I feel about being out. Cause you don't want to be like, how do I feel now? How do I feel now? How do I feel now? But you just want to live and you just want to be in this space and enjoy the new space yeah. and let the days feel slow and long and not feel like you have to fill them. I say this to, I'm talking to you, but I'm actually talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. Don't fill By the, the way, day. you fill your, you always fill the day. I know, but I'm finding it, I, I'm finding it like I, I'm really trying to not fill the days basically. And, and it's been a big um, challenge for me to leave them empty and allow myself to be like, okay, maybe I'm just going to sit down for an hour and have some lunch. Yeah. And like read my book. I like over to fill the day as well. Yeah. And I think... Do you get panicky if you have an empty day? I don't know if that's from radio, though. I think that's from my dad. Right. And I think that's from, like, my mum and dad going to work and, like, instilling a work ethic in me and our Andrew and our Jane. I think we all have that. I remember we'd never even be allowed to, like, lie on the couch. My dad would be like, if you're tired, go to bed. So it was even ruled, like, an eye of guilt from taking a nap. And I told this years ago to a therapist and she said, you're allowed a nap. And I was like, what? She was like, you're allowed to have a nap. I was like, I have nap guilt. That's so and funny. And it's nap guilt of like having a nap in the day. She's like, you're allowed to have a sleep on the, on the, on the couch in the day. Yeah. And she was like, you know what you've got to do? And I used to do this. I don't do it anymore. I've got over my nap guilt. Yeah. But she said, um, you've got to basically think and say, do you know what? I've worked hard. I've got up early. I deserve the nap. Yeah. <laughs> it's Talk like, yourself. But into you're a it. grafter. <laughs> we both are. We've always worked our tits off. Yeah. So, but so telling ourselves to not work, it's it's kind of like muscle memory. You have to reverse every mm -hmm. every way you've thought in your life. I still feel guilty. Like I cannot get through a day without. No, okay, let's say it's writing not, it's a not, novel yeah. and recording a podcast. No, no, maybe it's not work, work like that. But it would be like okay, well, at least I have to clear out a drawer. 
Oh, I've got you know to, I mean? oh, I have I've to got clear, clear out a drawer, drawer and I've got, got, to, do the, got to do the recycling yeah. and yeah. I've got to do this and this yeah. and like cook a nice dinner. Or whatever. Yeah. Like there has to be a feeling of doing. Accomplishment, yeah. Doing. But my mum has that as well. Like when my mum was down the other week, she was like, it, we'd had a few busy days and we'd been to like the Chelsea Flower Show and yeah. we, I had to DJ and she came with me. And then the next day I was like, let's just do nothing. She's like, well, we've got to do something. Got to sort something out. Let's order some plant pots. Like at least we've done that. Like so, I, it yeah. must be from my mum and dad yeah, having yeah. to do stuff because they yeah. had to work dead hard. And you're right. Like I did. I I I think I we both have grafted over the years. So to not have that daily onslaught of stuff to do mm. is weird. And it's the first time I've not had it ever in my life probably because right. even before I was at Radio 1 like that was the actual hard work because you've got to get to Radio yeah, 1 yeah. so it is weird but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it I still wake up and do like a list every day and good man colour coat it and I have you a structure I colour coat it oh my god that's, that's and I and I have it structured of like today I'm gonna do today and like I'm gonna oh today I'm gonna do this and yeah. even like I've got to go and buy some clothes that will happen at that time like I like that I used to think that I was like hated structure and I hated a rule and like just let me do whatever but actually you need I it. really like Babe. to plan a day I and to structure it. it what about showing off because we both like showing off. Yeah, that's I do where like we have our jobs. Off. Yeah. How do you cope without showing off? I've not missed it because I, this is the first time I think that I've had chance to stop and think about what do I actually want to do and what do I want to do next and what would I love to investigate about what I'd like to do in my career or where would I like to live or what do I want to do and before I worked at Radio One, like so, probably from the age of eleven. 223 my goal was getting to radio one right. and to do the breakfast show right so i was really precise about it and i had time because i didn't i was either at school yeah. or do my a levels or whatever time to think i want to be there how do i get there how do i do it yeah so now i feel like i'm in another stage of that where i'm now thinking what's my next goal yeah how do i get there yeah the last time i felt like this was probably when I was like a teenager and I and I was setting my sights on what I wanted to do and thinking about what I wanted to do and I like I said I wanted to do the radio on breakfast show and so my teenage years and my like early teenage years and late teenage years were spent trying to figure out how I could get there so now I feel a bit like that again which is really exciting Yeah. yeah I feel like accomplished in in what I wanted to do at Radio 1 and getting to do multiple shows that I wanted to do from nighttime to yeah. weekends to breakfast to drive. So I'm leaving there feeling accomplished and like mm. kind of proud. Do I feel proud yeah, of myself proud, maybe? Yeah. But you never, I don't think you would have felt proud until you left and you saw what people had to say. Yeah, uh, and that was nice. Yeah. And it's sort of like... Because you don't often think, what do people think of no, me on the never, radio? You don't no, often, it's no. a scary thing to have to think about, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, and um, so it's kind of filled me with a bit of excitement for what's next because I just thought if I could come from Oldham to doing the breakfast show then what could I do now Mm. I've achieved that and it's about thinking about what those next goals and avenues and where I want to be in a few years and when you're doing a daily show you don't have time for that because you can sort of do it in the morning a bit or when I was doing breakfast you could do it a bit in the afternoon but Mm. then obviously you're being paid to do a radio show so you've got to get on with that so there's not that much time that you can actually have a wider thought to like what do I want to do or where do I want to go I think I think like it so many of us fall into that trap don't we of just like not ever stopping and Mm. checking in and asking what do I want like Jimmy Jimmy Carr did this podcast and he's he changed his entire life by asking that question when he was in his early 20s he's like he was he was a junior marketing exec I heard that shell and he was like actually what do I want I don't want this so it's like if you stop and ask yourself that question it's so powerful Mm -hmm. The hardest, and it's scary. And, like, and it's scary because you have to actually be true, be honest to yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be like, who am I now? What are my motivations? What excites me? What drives me? And then when you figure that out, it's like, wow. Yeah. Like that's the, that's the hardest bit. And then it's just a matter of getting there. Yeah. And I think like I did that 
Like the ch- the change is scary because being at the radio every day, it's like comforting to know like I'm in work next week right. or the week after. Mm-hmm. But I think doing a massive change like that is what's got me to where I wanted to be. Like when I was at uni, I prioritized going to work at like promotions a, a promotions company, yeah. music promotions. music promotions company over my uni work because yeah. I was like I don't want to do business studies. I want to work at Radio One, mm-hmm. so I'd rather spend my time working in music Mm. and then when I was doing that I was like well no one's going to come and knock on my door in Manchester so now I need to go to London so I left that job to Mm. go to London and then when I was in London working as an intern at MTV when that ended it was like I couldn't go back home and live with my mum and dad or I can take a risk Mm. and hand out some flyers dressed as a chili (laughs) And just try and stay Everything in London. Everything is a step in the right direction. So do you know what I mean? You had to take those risks, like sacking uni off because I wanted to get into yeah. music, leaving Manchester. But to every come to decision, London. each yeah. one of those decisions is easy to make because you know it's either serving or not serving the end game. Mm-hmm. And the end game is what you want, which was Radio One Breakfast. So now you have to come up with a new end game. Yeah. And you're a completely different person. Yeah. And it feels. Are like- you a different person? Do you feel like a different person? To like, to the you in your 20s? I don't know, because I feel like I knew what I wanted then. Mm. And I feel like I know what I want now. And what do you want? I want to do multiple things that are going to take the time, hopefully not as long, as it Mm. did to get from working in music to doing the Mm. Radio and Breakfast show. And that might be telly things or audio things or interior things you know like one of the things I always wanted to do when I was a kid was either build sets or stages or like do interior design Mm. so when I came to London first before I did any telly or radio I worked in the creative department at MTV and I was the assistant there and that was assisting designing the sets and logos and graphics and stuff and then I thought that was going to be my job. I thought I'd work in doing like stage design or set Mm. design or something like that, or even like shop design. Like I was really interested in like how people shop and you know, what, what your, or even what your house is like. And then I got distracted in a great way by the telly and the radio for 14 years. So now I'm thinking about, could I re-explore that again? You know, Mm. like, could I go and investigate that other passion that I had as a kid. And I, I did like some work experience with um, a set designer when I was doing breakfast, actually. Like I I'd, I'd yeah. finish on a Friday and I'd go and um, intern and yeah. work with a stage designer and doing different stuff yeah. in different fields where you're learning and you're challenged made me more interested in doing radio and made me better at it because mm. your brain something different's unlocked in it. Mm. So I think now is the time to enrich myself in all those different areas and find out like, do I want to do a different type of radio show or do I want to do a TV show like something I've never done before? Mm. Or do I want to like start doing some design stuff? I think having that time to enrich myself, mm. I've not had since pre-working at Radio 1. Yeah. And also it's interesting that you're kind of in a very loose way coming full circle back to where you were as a kid as well. Mm. Like that's what I've done. Climbing trees. (laughs) (laughs) Dressing up as an Egyptian pharaoh. (laughs) All the stuff I used to do as a kid. No, but like the design stuff, like Mm -hmm. is what I'm talking about there, like the interiors. Yeah. Because that's, that's what I've done with writing. I always wrote as a kid. I always wanted to be a writer. And then I got into something else. And it's funny how you can get into a career and the music stuff was always a dream. The radio was a dream. But then other things started happening beyond that, like the conferences and the, all, you know, the curation and all of that. And you realize that you're in this kind of path and there's other things that you want to fulfill. And the, it's too busy on your path. And it's like you have to pull back and that can be a really scary thing and a difficult thing Mm -hmm. because you're enmeshed in all these other professional relationships and uh, there's teams of people and, you know, you have your own business. There's a big ecosystem around that. I found that bit really hard, actually putting myself first and being like, okay, what do I want to do? And it all came back to when I was a kid. It all came back to like, I just want to write. I want to write stories. I want to tell stories. Love telling stories. Oh, you do love telling stories. Yeah. Very good at telling it's very stories. Very simple though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it feels like, I don't know, it feels like a weird time of change because 
we've not both of us has not had that space in your head mm. to actually think oh what do I want to do or where am I going next and I think it's a nice worry to have it's, it's very indulgent it's very indulgent to have. yeah mm. Um, I was conscious of that, talking about it in the public as well. To be like, guys, you just got to do what you want. Obviously, that's, <laughs> yeah, not, that's right. not very easy for yeah, the, a lot of you, people. Yeah. Um, can we talk about identity as well? Because yeah. this is something I've been going through. And I'm interested in your opinion on this. Like Radio 1, when you're there, right? Radio 1 has this kind of aura from the outside of being a cool place to work, mm-hmm. right? So I was always told, oh, you're cool. Yeah. Or someone would come up and be like, oh my God, you're so cool. Can I have my friend? And you're like, really? <laughs> Am I? <laughs> So it's kind of, and that's all because of the associations with Radio 1, right? And you don't even overthink that. I never overthought Mm -hmm. it. I've only ever thought about it now because I'm not there. And suddenly I'm like, who am I? (laughs) Wait. I am a mother of two. I'm really into gardening and running. And yeah, I'm really into music, but I'm also into like other stuff that's like, I don't know. I just, I don't feel remotely... Mm -hmm. Cutting yeah, but edge, I think the uh, anything, anything like culturally, like relevant, any of that. Yeah. I feel like I feel really like like I'm do, I, I'm not struggling, but I'm just like, who the fuck am I? Like, I think I'm having a midlife crisis. I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's, that's why I'm, you're here. Yeah. Is this even a Babe, podcast? Who am I? I as well. I, I think though the concept of cool it's ridiculous has changed as well so yeah, much now, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think you liking gardening. That is cool because when I was younger, I don't know if this is a young thing or a a time changing thing, but I definitely think when I started or when we were starting at Radio 1, like being cool was like a leather jacket and smoking. Getting wasted. Yeah, whereas now like cool is like, oh, they like know themselves. They're like cool with themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's with maturity that we've realized that or if that's a wider acceptance of what is cool. I think it's cool when someone's just like themselves and they know themselves yeah. I think that's yeah, cool yeah. but yeah there is definitely a thing that people who think and you know like you say it's the association with Radio 1 that if you work there you're like cool yeah. it's like and there's also, not really there's also something to talk about with the idea of going old because yeah. Radio 1 would never ever enforce this on you and I don't want people to think that it did but there's a kind of Peter Pan-esque element of being there where it's a youth platform yeah. so you don't want to talk about the facts too Ooh, much have you cleaned out your drawer that you're 42 yeah. in my case and I you know and that was all coming from me you know I, I was never made to feel like that at Radio 1 but it came more from me like oh god I better not talk about you know that if I really like Primal, primal scream and the stone roses <laughs> and you know bird feeders or whatever so it's kind of like this idea of radio one keeping you in this place of youth and now that you're not there anymore it's like well i can be my real age mm-hmm. i can yeah. i can really express my 43 year oldness yeah what what is that what does it mean yeah it's definitely interesting and it i think it just feels so exciting to explore who you are at this age as well because radio one obviously is a youth network and I feel like everything I've done has been heavily youth focused. Right. So like T4 was like, it's young. And then Radio 1, it was like, you're taking over the breakfast show to make it young. young. Yeah. And then when I did like X Factor, it was like, we're shaking up the panel. Everyone's young. So I'm 37. So it's not like I'm like 90 years old, but also my interests to what they were at 23 are really different. Mm. So yeah, I just want to start investigating areas of work that allow me to be 37. Yeah, like someone who's well into cushions. Yeah. You know? And that's fine. That's totally fine. Yeah. I love a cushion. Love a cushion. Yeah. I guess that's it, it, isn't it? It's like accepting that you change and your motivations change mm -hmm. and your... And your interest and your cares. And like, you, you don't, like, sometimes someone will be getting really gassed over a particular video or something. Yeah. And you don't sound like an old person, but you've literally seen it before. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's I've... one of the reasons why I, I, I felt like, like I had to go. Because it was like, I was getting so often to the point where I was like, does no one else see that this Does is no one know this Janet Jackson reference? Or ja- yeah, like, it's like, <laughs> ha, ha, like, how does no one else see this? And it's like, oh my God, I am that. Person. But that's cool. That's time oh, to say goodbye. It's like that's fine. So I think it's like us being cool with that um growth. Let's not say age, let's say growth. It's it's the wisdom and the experience that comes with growth. Yeah. But like age, you know, it I, I'm trying at the moment to like embrace 
the fact that I'm in my 40s and uh, same as you, like to really try and figure out what do I want out of the rest of my life. It's kind of overwhelming when you think about it too much. Do you think you think about it too much? No, I just think recently because I've had to think about it, leaving radio and all of that, um, I have. And maybe it's because I've just had like COVID for two weeks. I've been sat at home on my own. <laughs> yeah. And there's, not, there's not a lot of work on. So I'm just kind of like, what the hell? Like, But like, I'm similar to you and I haven't, like, I feel like I know that I made the right decision to leave and I feel really happy and comfortable with the fact that I left Radio 1. But there's still question marks over things and I have to become okay with that. I'm not used to being okay with that. I'm used to the security of a daily radio show, of answering to people, of you know having mm-hmm. having to be somewhere because of other people's obligations as well as mine. You know, I've never in my entire working life since I was probably since I was about fifteen, I started my first job. I've never not had to answer someone before. I've you're literally weird. it's only me that I have yeah, to answer. Yeah, you're to. right. It's a it is a weird thing to experience. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's just me and my own motivations and my own kind of desires and it's just like okay well what 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 does it mean but I do think it's exciting like I feel it is exciting I I definitely feel like invigorated Mm. which I I didn't know how I'd feel and like I was saying on the last um few days I was like wait it's really fun here and everyone's really nice but I felt like everyone was just being really nice because I was leaving so I was worried like oh my god what if I leave and then I'm like what why have I done that but I actually feel and this is not shade this is like you know it just ended and Mm. that was it ran its course and it did its job and I feel like yeah it feels exciting and feels refreshing do you think you're a better boyfriend a better boyfriend yeah um yeah, probably, yeah. Mm. I think you're more available and mm. I think that it's given me space to think it's not just about my schedule. And, and and I think when you're doing that show and it's or doing a show and it's every single day, like there's phone calls to be had and meetings to have and oh, I can't do that because I'm doing this tomorrow or I've got to go and record that. Like it's very much on yeah. my terms socially. Um, and now that I don't have that, mm. I can stop being... So, so pedantic about bedtimes yeah yeah, yeah. I feel like I, I think I'm a better mom. yeah well I'm definitely around more which was the purpose but I'm also more kind of tuned into them yeah sorry for the bad radio pun but like like definitely more interested and present more present, present. yeah because what would happen is from the very second I got up I'd have the radio show in my head and I'd have the interviews I had to do in my head and the albums I had to listen to in my head and all the way through the day, they would be there. Yeah. And they, and no matter how like much work you do and prep you do, whenever, whenever I saw my kids, I was always somewhere else in my head. Always. You, you Counting it, down the clock. Yeah, doing the school run and thinking. 20 minutes before I have to go, 10 minutes before I have to go. Ah. Shit, you know, all of that. So it's, 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 it, I feel like it took about two or three weeks at the start of being like, like you with after breakfast, like, oh shit, I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to go to work. It's five o'clock and I can just sit down. <laughs> sit yeah, it's quite mad. And do you think that they've noticed a difference? Yeah, definitely. And do you think the house feels different? Oh, it's way nicer. I loved what you told me about um, you and T being like, oh, parenting yeah when we're both here yeah yeah it's so strange because we were around each other for the first time and again i didn't realize this till it i stopped radio is that me and t just we just passed the baton it was like a relay race of parenting (laughs) it would be like i'd come home i'd 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 leave him he'd leave me at like 8 30 in the morning drop them to school then he'd come home at five and we literally like high five i'd leave for work and then i'd come home at like nine that night so and i'd be too knackered and we'd just snipe at each other and go to bed so it would be like in the week, we just never really hung out. And we never hung out together in front of our children. And now our children are like, oh, I have two parents. <laughs> oh, okay. And they know each other. Cool. Yeah, so that's kind of been interesting. And also being around him all the time. Again, quite interesting. Like, well, now we're cool with it. We just yeah. go in separate rooms and do our own thing. But I think at the, at the beginning, we were a bit like, should we be, uh, should we be like hanging out all the time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I actually said that's to T, so I actually said to T, should we be having more sex? <laughs> Because we're because we're around each other around more. Each other? Is this is this like uh, like me always trying to have to organise everything? Like should we be do uh-huh. should we be scheduling like what's should um, we kiss? Yeah, T was like shut and up. T's quite productive, isn't he? Like he likes to have a busy day. 
Yeah, he likes a busy day, but he also is very happy to sit around. And right. he's very good at that and has taught me a lot about just knowing when to fucking chill out, yeah. basically. And put but he likes out. to, like, get up and go to work. Because yeah. a lot of producers want to, like, do it, we'll do it at, like, nighttime or whatever. He's quite... Yeah, no, he's had to learn how to do that yeah. because of, he's a parent. So both him and I recently have changed a lot in terms of our parenting because we've tried to just be better parents. Because yeah. a lot of it... Well, any parent, no one's qualified. You blag it, don't you? Mm-hmm. But, like... um at the start there was a lot of blagging it and I think when our second kid came Riley we were both like shit we really need to like step up here yeah we need to become we should get them a bed (laughs) (laughs) we (laughs) we should he needs to stop sleeping in the corner (laughs) in the lineup but um yeah so no it is it's nice and it's changed the dynamic of our family oh that's nice and do you know what it is funny like i don't want anyone to sit here be listening thinking like oh we're sat around be like we had to go to work but what's weird is and and i i think a lot of people do this that you go to work and you're like that's what my life is yeah. And I've thought that all my life. And then I'm like, is that my life? Do I want to just go and work in a bar in Thailand? Mm. Is that my life? Mm. Or do I want to be a farmer? Mm. Or do I want to live in the countryside? Maybe that's my life. So I, I'm definitely going through a time where I'm thinking about every element of, do I even want mm. to live in London? Mm. Like, I'm not from London. Why do I live here? Exactly. Just stuff like that. You just get caught in a rhythm of things. And next thing you're like, like, I was literally the day being like, do I even like culture? (laughs) Do I like music? Like I was literally like, it's time to go outside. (laughs) Time to get out. We're going for a walk. We're going for a walk. Let's go. But yeah, it's it's definitely a time. Oh, what was I going to say? Do I even like, like the idea of like, yeah, like you're, you're asking yourself these big questions, but it's also about having the space, the headspace to do that, mm. to actually be like, I have space. Who am I? What do I want? I know I keep going back to it. It sounds mad, but mm. it's so important. And I think it's not about like, obviously it's important to say that both you and I haven't given up work. I mean, even if we did, that's fine. But like, I haven't given up work. I'm still working, but I'm making work, wait for it, work for me. Oh, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, this is the thing. So it's like I'm working I'm working in the hours that suit me to work. Yeah. And again, that's a privilege and I'm very happy and lucky to be able to do that. But it's been so empowering because one of the things about giving up this show and quoting, I was really worried about quoting my kids in doing that because I didn't want the world to think we're like, oh, she's a mom now, so she's just mm. giving up everything. Mm. Um, she's going to be doing tray bakes at home. Right. So it's like, how do I, how, I want to be honest because I'm always honest, but equally I want to kind of convey the fact that I'm still a working mom and I'm proud of that and I want to do that. But it's hard. And a lot of people assumed that I was giving everything up for the kids and that was kind of frustrating mm. because I'm still working my tits off just in the, between the hours of half eight and half three every day yeah um and sometimes at night so it's it's and DJing at the weekend still so it's kind of there is loads going on I spoke to this one woman uh, I did an interview with her and she said you're just rearranging the furniture oh yeah you're, you're rearranging, rearranging you're furniture. moving the sofa you're uh-huh. moving the sofa of your life and I love rearranging furniture it's my favorite thing to do it's in life really great moving art it's- and moving furniture. It's like you've been decorated, like you've, out, you've got a new house if you move a chair. Mm. I love it. Yeah. They call, Posh people call it a rehang. Yeah. So I think as long as we do rehangs <laughs> every every year in your life and you check in and you move things around and you see what fits, then you're laughing, mm. right? Hopefully. Do you think you'll do the radio again? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I've been really checking in with myself about what I miss and what I don't miss. I don't miss the kind of the having it hanging over your head all day. I do miss... Yeah, because you had a weird job in that you... It, it was at, at the night yeah. after most people finish work. Yeah, yeah. So the kids get home from school and I have to leave. Yeah. Yeah. So it was that. It was more kind of like um, I want to be around for my kid and have dinner with him and put him to bed. Simple. He's never known me around at dinner time or bedtime. And did you ever think, did you ever feel like that at the start when you... Never. No. No, and that's So that's after a few years. You change. Yeah. You change. At the start, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to prove that I can do everything. Mm. I can do everything. I'm able. I'm fine. And then the second kid came along, I was tired. And I was like, actually, I don't want to do it this way. Yeah. And you also don't want to look back and be like, oh, I never had... 
yeah. tea with the kids. Well, I guess that's it. It's having having. But I did interview like yeah. Heady One. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You're like, I, it's having hindsight, and the first kid gave me hindsight. Yeah. It gave me reason to think like, okay, I know how that worked. I know how it felt, and I know how I don't want to do it next time. But anyway, what was I talking about? I went on a tan- tangent there. Doing the radio again. Yeah. So I know that I miss listening to music. Like I miss going, I miss going to a studio and blasting music for two hours every day. I really miss that. Mm-hmm. So I'm blasting it at home. I'm making Spotify playlists. I've come back to being a fan. I'm going in the rave shed. I'm going through all my vinyl. Like that is really fun and something I've been wanting to do for mm. ages. So that's cool. I miss connecting with people. So I think I will do radio again. I just need to figure out how and when and where. But I'm not in a mad hurry. I think, I hope if they'll have me, that the, uh, the right show will arrive at the right time. Pig's um, very emotional pig about Pig's very emotional about you going back to radio. How do you feel about Annie being back on air? How do you feel about it? Oh, she's lost for words. Um, <laughs> but you know what? What about you? What about me? I feel like before I left, I thought I definitely didn't want to do the radio for at least six months, which felt scary because I'd done it every single day for right. 12 years and been working in it for 14 years. So I definitely wanted to do an, a longer bit of time without doing the radio because you know you like have the format and the flow of the show in your head mm-hmm. so you're like at 10 past I do this at quarter past I do this at half past it's the news a guest would come on around this time so I kind of wanted to forget all that yeah. so that I wasn't doing the same thing somewhere else mm-hmm. you know I wanted to forget the structure of mm-hmm. a daily show and forget the structure of my life mm-hmm. so I wanted to have like six months away from radio mm-hmm. or maybe even longer and a friend of mine said it's a really good time now mm. to have that time out and to see not only like the BBC or Radio One from a different angle, but like radio as a concept sure. from a different angle yeah. or a radio show as a different angle. Like, yeah. what does that mean now in mm. 2021? So that takes time to assess and mm. to process. And I am missing um, having a gas every day and I'm yeah. missing like just gossiping and I miss like hearing funny things from people. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just you like mean text in, like yeah, like funny text from people yeah. or yeah. or funny stories that, yeah. and I I miss just being like lost in a conversation which you didn't know was going to happen. Yeah. So you could plan the show, and yeah. my show might have someone text in and say, "Oh my god, my dog just said hello." <laughs> It sounds like it's saying hello. And then that show is loads of people sending in their dogs dogs saying hello. Do you know what I mean? I miss like that. And I miss coming home and like telling me, telling my friends, oh my God, this dog said hello or whatever, you know, like stupid stuff like that. And you still experience that because you, you know, you see stuff on Twitter and Instagram Mm. and TikTok or whatever. But I miss that shared experience of everyone you, all you've laughing to something. That, haven't you? The collective yeah. experience, yeah. So I miss like that happening, and I miss stuff happening in the day, and then me getting tweets at night, being like, "Oh my god, I love that okay, thing with reacting. Annie," yeah, or yeah, yeah, "Oh yeah. my god, I just watched that show you said." Yeah. Like, so I guess I miss that. It's a constant dialogue. I miss interaction with millions of people. <laughs> That's all I need. Babe, do you know what I learned about again not being on the radio is how much I need that. Like I, I, no, <laughs> I not, need a large audience. Not not the millions of people bit, but just the like the interaction. Like I need to talk to people, and yeah. I think also because part of my job now is writing, which is the most solitary thing you can do in life. You're sat in a room by yourself in your own head, and I, I feel like I have realised that that is something that I need. Yeah. I need to interact with people. I need to talk to people. Well, I, I think it's conversation. Would you say you're an extrovert? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So would you say I'm an extrovert? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm very happy introvert. in my own company, but yeah. I also need to be around people. But also, I feel like I could drop you in any party and you chat to people. Oh, I love a party. Yeah. So, Jenny, our right. friend who works at Radio One, who used yeah. to produce me, used to say, and this might be, I don't think Jenny invented this. This is probably common knowledge, but this is who I heard it from. Um, an extrovert is sort of fueled by conversation and being around people, yeah. whereas an introvert is exhausted. Right. So I do find it more exhausting doing nothing. Like I find yeah. going to work all day, then having meetings, then doing a radio show, then having to go to DJ at a party, then go out. Easier. Yeah. Like it, would, it will get me wound up the next day. Yeah. Like, I don't feel tired. I feel like I'm doing things. Stuff's yeah. happened. Yeah. So I'm, I, I guess I'm the same as you in that I miss that daily yeah. interaction. Yeah. 
I mean, you take it for granted, don't you? And it's also scary doing the radio every day. Mm. You know, like, I don't know if you've ever felt this, but you could say anything. I know. And it could be mad. It's completely live. Or, you know, like, something might break. So I guess, like, having that little bit of adrenaline every day yeah. is probably quite good for you. Yeah, but I don't miss the radio anxiety dreams. Yeah, I... I had a lot of those. I don't, those dreams of things not working, microphone faders yeah. broken, songs running out. I get them only out. on holiday. Oh, jeez. Only on holiday, I think. Uh, nothing's going to work mm. and there's going to be, like, this is going to break and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But I think after us doing the radio in lockdown, it nothing could have been scarier than that. I know. Because it was... Longer shows yeah. on our own in the no studio. No content, no features. No content. I've done nothing. No one listening's done nothing. No celebrity anywhere has done anything. So I can't be like, hey, did you see Angelina? No, she's not done anything. Yeah. I can't be like, hey, did you see what Katy Perry? No, no, she's not done anything. Yeah. So no one had any common ground conversation apart from... We're bored. We're bored and we can't go outside. Yeah. And also... You don't want to hear that every day on Radio 1. Yeah. So it, what that allowed us to do was to get really close to listeners, I felt. Like, people really opened up. Yeah. And I felt like we were encouraged to be ourselves as well and not to provide, like, this destination where we're like, everything's going to be fine and mm. we're happy because mm. it's Radio 1. We were allowed to say, feel really anxious or it's really weird cycling in today or, like, I don't know what I'm going to do about Christmas. And I think because we were open everyone else felt open. So I felt like we entered a new sort of dimension of, Mm. of interaction with people, which I really, obviously it was a terrifying, anxiety inducing, horrible experience, but Mm -hmm. it allowed, I don't know. I think it allowed those walls to come down between listener and DJ and not just at radio one, like everywhere. I think, I think it was a time for, real talk and a time to be open and it, it, it was probably very rewarding for us as broadcasters but also us as listeners not rewarding enriching mm. i'd say mm. probably made us like better listeners as fans yeah. of, of of radio and probably made us better at the radio because we yeah. could be open and just talk to people about how they were feeling every day mm. whereas pre that it was just like is it funny what's the thing exactly. where's the punchline yeah. yeah whereas it was just like no we're just gonna like be and yeah have a conversation yeah no it was a very special time yeah i'll never forget that so babe i feel like we could talk for 16 hours yeah non-stop you've got the zoomies um i do i just got the zoomies well i have to go get my hair cut now oh yeah i didn't want to say (laughs) (laughs) but anyway listen may we forever what is it called wall hang what what, hang wall oh rehang may we forever rehang may we forever move the sofas around the room rearrange our furniture Ask ourselves what what we want and be happy. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Mm -hmm. That's the aim. Thanks, babe. Thanks, Annie. Ah, Nick Grimshaw. What a guy. Uh, I really loved our conversation. And yeah, I mean, we were on a roll. We could have kept going. So um, maybe we'll go back and do it again another time. Keep checking in with ourselves. If there's anything I've learned in the last year or so is that it's so important to keep asking yourself that same basic question. Am I happy? And I wanted to recommend a song this week that is so pertinent for this whole conversation that you've just heard. It's a classic old techno record from a Detroit label called Underground Resistance. It came out in 1993. It's called Transition and it's by Galaxy to Galaxy, otherwise known as Mad Mike Banks. Now, there's so many amazing things about this record, but the main thing in this case is the lyrics. They're so incredible. It's this driving kind of very warm, cosmic, jazzy techno song. And the lyrics are spoken word and they talk about pointing yourself in the direction of your dreams, finding your strength in the sound, asking yourself the questions. Do I have a life or am I just living? Am I happy with who I am? And then make your transition, make your transition. When you hear the song, I hope you'll be as obsessed with it as I am. And we're going to put it in a link to it in the show notes so you can go and find that. Right. Thank you for listening. Please like this, share this, subscribe to the podcast as well. If you know anyone who enjoyed listening to me and Grim on Radio 1, then uh, it might be worth sending it to them. Uh, I know I've had so many people reaching out asking for me and Grimmy to do stuff again. So yeah, hopefully this will scratch an itch of some sort if you're one of those people. 
We are back next week with a bit of a roller coaster of an episode. Bexy Cameron grew up in a cult, quite a famous cult, actually. Children of God. To hear her speak of her childhood, your jaw will be on the floor. Exorcisms, being put on silent treatment for a year at 10 years old. Beatings, just the most horrible, horrible traumatic shit. It caused her to run away at 15 and spend a lot of her life attempting to understand what had just happened to her. It's an unbelievable story. Bexy Cameron is my guest next week. Changes is produced by Frank Palmer. See you later. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.